about to feed them to the sharks right now. Get them hype right now. Yeah. You know the ground is up. Yeah. Everybody that trains, you know the game. Yeah. So let's get it. Uh. Slap it up, bump it and roll. Hey. Yeah, that's the way that it go. Ain't no better way to better yourself in this game. You're feeling the growth. That's time on the mat. We put in the work. Believe it ain't easy, I know. But we train for the love of the game, the love of the art. Now slap it up, bump it, let's roll. Welcome to episode 74 of the BJJ Campaign Podcast. My name is Jeff Boone. I'm an A3, blue belt, three stripes. Phil Coors, A2, blue belt, two stripes. Philly. How was your trip? Trip was awesome. Shout out to the Jiu-Jitsu Underground. They just opened up about a month ago. Brett and Christina run it. Brett's the black belt there. He's got a fight to win match next week. And um, I'll be honest with you, 10-minute rounds at... 8,000 some foot altitude is not easy. Yeah, it sounds tough. It's it's terrible. It's <laughs> terrible. It was really, really tough, but um, a lot of fun. Those guys, like I said, Brett, Christina, uh, Drew, Colin, um, Chris, I had a great time. They welcomed me in, and I got a couple days training while I was out there and um, had a great trip snowboarding, snowmobiling, and got tons of snow, and uh, it was a lot of fun, man. And I'll tell you what, um, another benefit of jujitsu is that whenever you're snowboarding or doing any outdoor activities, I mean, we were sometimes at you know ten, eleven thousand feet. Man, I had no issue with cardio or anything. It was it was really it's really nice to have that side benefit of jujitsu. Do you need cardio for snowboarding? Are you yeah, just standing sure. on a board? And the board doing all the work? Phil, you've I feel, like the, I feel like the hill is doing all the work, actually. <laughs> and you're just kind of standing there. <laughs> no, Phil. You, there's work involved in snowboarding, especially if you're going snowmobiling in a place where you don't have lifts. Do you want to tell the people about my snowmobiling idea with the rope and the parachutes? It's a terrible idea, but yeah. let's. Well, it's similar to like water skiing, but with the snowmobile. And I'll let the people kind of figure out the rest. <laughs> that you would jerk your arms out of socket that's all i'm saying if you tried to hold on tied around your waist break <laughs> you it's a terrible idea it's a terrible idea. but uh great trip and um glad to be back glad to be back in north carolina and uh and so we move on from that now we go on to the hot topic everybody needs to know Gordon Ryan. Mm-hmm. What happened? So apparently, right before Gordon Ryan went on the mat, Pat Downey was already on the mat, and he published on Instagram what he was going to do to Pat Downey in the um, submission por- portion of the ADCC kind of rule set yeah. that they had. And, uh, you know, apparently he was going to take him into, you know, 40 minutes to take him as long as he can to wear Pat down. Yeah. Basically. So that's the best strategy. It's a great strategy. Are you kidding me? I mean, I'm sure Danaher came up with it in two minutes and then talked about it for three hours. But, um, (laughs) (laughs) but, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was a great strategy, but the, the problem with the strategy was, uh, Pat, Downey kind of tapped to really nothing. Yeah. You know? 
And then, so that was only, I don't know, 20 minutes into the match or something. Was it that long? I don't know. I don't know how long it was into the match, but it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't what he wanted to do, you know, but he doesn't really have control over that. Mm -hmm. Um, The haters are going, oh, it took you 20 minutes to tap a white belt. I mean, you know, what, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Um, Well, I mean, like you, if you talk the way you do, like you can't win. But as long as everybody continues to follow and engage with him on social media, he can buy a million dollar house and keep doing whatever he wants when he's done with Instagram. The second update bought a million dollar house. Yeah. So, (laughs) so it's working. It's Uh, working fantastically. Everybody, including us, is talking about it and engaging with him on social media. So whatever. He won the match he was supposed to win. He lost the one he was supposed to lose. Shocker. It's a great summary, Phil. Yeah. It's a great summary, <laughs> but but he did take Pat Downey down twice in the submission portion of it. So okay. I mean that was significant, you know. Did you see how or the uh, body fold? I think was one. And, okay, I didn't uh, know if he used like uh, like a guillotine or something to set it up. Or yeah, I didn't see the other one. I didn't see the other one. I, I just watched part of it. I didn't watch the whole match. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen. Here's here at the end of the day. A lot of people say, you know, that that kind of disrespect, that kind of whatever, the the brashness, it, it, it's a it's a negative mark on jujitsu. Well, guess what? It's getting people to do jujitsu that are coming from wrestling who are going to be good at jujitsu, right? And yeah. and I'm sure it's got. I mean, he's some got what ten years to do it. Yeah. Like he had to spend ten years to get good. And then you have like a 10 year window at the most, pretty much where you're going to be the best or one of the best. You got to do what you got to do. If that's like his, the way he's going to try to make money. And if he grows the sport, I mean, I get where people want to keep it the way that it was or like true to that. And I think it's everybody's responsibility to keep that. But at the same time, like you still want people to know about it and spread the word. So yeah, I don't know. I, I get the same thing where in every sport, like the Conor McGregor thing is irritating to people, but I just think it's obvious why people are doing it. It's 100% obvious. Yeah. And it's like not an actual person. It's always a character. It's a persona. Yeah. So I don't know. So do you like Gordon Ryan or not? Do I like him? Yeah, I don't care. You don't care? No. He, he's the best right now at, at doing it. Yes, yeah. I mean that's, I that's not really debatable. Um, right. In nogi. Yeah, like, do I wish that everybody just did jujitsu without having to talk a bunch of trash for no reason? Yeah, but like, that's not going to happen. I mean, you're a trash talker, Phil. I am big time, <laughs> big time. That's how I get I get in your head, and that's how I uh, you know take advantage. <laughs> I mean, and then, I don't know, like, I don't think, I don't even know the Pat Downey guy or how much trash was talked. I would bet that they know each other, they talk to each other, and they were like, hey, man, let's see how many people we can get to watch this, because that's how we make the most money. Yeah. Right. So. And, and you know, listen, and it's not, I don't think it's lost on anybody that both Bo Nickel and Pat Downey got the biggest paychecks of their lives from wrestling yeah 
due to Gordon Ryan. So, I mean. And also, like, in high school and stuff, I had the opportunity to do it, but I didn't really know what wrestling was, you know? Sure. And uh, something tells me if I tried it, I probably would have liked it a lot. Sure. But I never tried it, you know? So I think this is another way that it, it just expands all grappling um, the more you can get people because I think there's a lot of people that watch the UFC and would never ever want to do MMA like sure. you know kind of like me because I don't like getting punched in the face so yeah, nobody likes that you know there is like accessible stuff where wrestling is you know really hard and kind of hard on the body so I get that that wouldn't be what you want to train all the time but jiu-jitsu is kind of hard on the body but not anywhere near anything else and you can kind of take it at the level you want to take it so the more i think casual ufc people might hear the name of gordon ryan you know that he might be doing mma and they want to look into that there might be another avenue that you know kind of helps grow it because that's the biggest it's probably the biggest fan base that you're going to tap into next a hundred percent. And, you know, with, 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 you know, the Danaher death squad and with Gary Tonin undefeated in MMA right now. And I think, I think did he, he just had a fight. Not Has Ryan long. Hall ever lost? Um, I don't, I'm not sure. Okay. But nobody wants to fight Ryan Hall. That's kind of what I understand. Yeah, nobody wants to fight Ryan Hall. Yeah. And then I saw that kid on Twitter, the Ben Askren kid. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Chase, I think his name is yeah. Hooper. And, Somebody was like, why don't you fight Ryan Hall? And he was like, uh, I think he wants to fight like legitimate contenders right now. And that's another person just like not wanting to fight him. Nobody wants what, to fight. No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know what? It was, it, it was, it was akin to what Dean Lister was. You know, that's why they called him the boogeyman is because nobody wanted to fight him mm -hmm. in MMA. You know, I mean, because he was so good at jujitsu. Leg lock expert, not specialist. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but, but, uh, but yeah, I don't, I, I, you know, that's another avenue. And, and, and I, just, I mean, that sounds, it's obvious now that I'm saying, I just never thought about it. Like, where if you were a jujitsu person and you wanted to like grow your audience and stuff, that that, you know, trying to get the casual UFC person to watch you because you might be a UFC guy. Like, I used to watch football a lot, you know, and try to follow. I didn't watch college football, but mm -hmm. I would try to follow the draft and everything else and try to figure out who is up and coming. So, I, I mean, I'm assuming that's about as similar as it's going to get other than like amateur MMA. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would think so too. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that, I think it's bringing, I mean, gosh, I don't know. We should probably look at this, but I mean, I don't know how many more people are trying jujitsu every year. I, it's had to have doubled in the last five years. I would what imagine think? it's more popular all the time. I mean, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't either. Oh, maybe I'll look it up. Maybe make I'll up just a number. Some, just, maybe I'll make it up. Make up a number and, and just stamp it. <laughs> <laughs> it's doubled in the last five years. Oh, official. guaranteed at least. There right? it is. That's the stamp I was looking for. Yeah, guaranteed <laughs> yeah. at least. Yeah. Doubled in the last five years. Love it. Maybe triple. Just to make it up. <laughs> Could have been doubled. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, so moving on from that, what'd you do Saturday, Phil? We competed a couple people from the team. Uh, everybody did really good. Um, clean sweep. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, everybody did really well. The, uh, my matches, I got to finally got a takedown, like not at the end of a match with a desperation, just kind of 
throwing stuff out there. Uh, did one that I've actually practiced before. Um, and you kept your head up on that takedown. Was that necessary for that one? No, but you did keep your head up. I just got to point out that okay. good part because right. there's, there's, I've got my notes here in okay. front of me. Um, and then overall, I think it went good. I let go of grips when uh, I noticed they were intense. Uh, I did, and I mentioned to Molly too before we even left. I was like, I'm going to go for a takedown. I was like, I don't even care if I lose. I was like, because if I never do it, then I'm never going to address it in class. Um, so I was happy that I went for the one, um, for sure. And then with the other guy, I was having trouble. Hold um, on. Go back, tell the audience what the takedown is that you got. Oh, it was the collar drag. Yep. And I think that's the one John was yelling at you to do that time. Yeah. Well, foot sweeps and collar drags is what yeah, he was telling you to it. do. Yeah. Um, that one's easy. You just have to fall. <laughs> Love that takedown. You just Listen, fall. I did that one uh, to Roland very effectively and pulled him straight into side control. I think you did that with legs too, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah. I think probably. you told me about that. Yeah. I mean, I'm a terrible. I'm yeah. really bad at it. Did you try just falling? That's the secret. I mean. You just have to fall. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I've got one or two of the steps down wrong. I mean, it took me a long time the first time John showed it to figure it out because I was like, I don't get it. He's like, you just fall. I was like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but no, he, he showed it and I did like that one right away because it was simple. And, yeah, no, it's very nice. Um but I found the opportunity to do it. But in the second match, the guy was uh, a little taller and his arms were, I was having a hard time um, getting close enough to get like a good, good grip on, on it to do the same thing. And I noticed I did a couple of those. They were like single leg attempts, but they weren't true attempts. They were, they were nonsense. Um, and then I tried to get into a clinch a couple of times where I do no, feel like No, they were I could, actually pretty good. Sh- I mean, it, I, they weren't bad shots. I feel like I, I feel like I wasn't committing the way that I do when I would get it, you know, like sure. I kind of go down for a second, but I back out at the first sign of resistance instead of trying to, um, fight for mm-hmm. the takedown, which is how I'm, I'm going to have to do it for a while. Cause I'm, I'm never just going to. I'm just not gonna have good setups, you know. So like, I'm sure. not gonna get in clean anytime soon. But that's uh, I was just happy I did that because that was a big uh, a big thing for me. Is is I'd rather lose and figure something out and get better at it than not try again, you know. So that was cool. And you got a, got a shout out from the referee and black belt Hubal Karaoke black belt Vernon Kirk afterwards. Yeah, saying that he yeah. listened to the podcast and thought you were really terrible at takedowns. It's true. Which you are. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, no. I was like, I saw you were ref and Matt too. So I uh, <laughs> knew I couldn't pull guard. So I got a laugh out of him. I thought that was funny. It is funny. Um, uh, other thoughts before I go into my uh, notes? Initially, uh, when we were talking yesterday, before I watched it back, I thought I got stuck in half guard again. But watching it back, I don't think it was that bad um, compared to what I've done in the past, for sure. Um First match is that what you're yeah, talking about? Yeah, yeah. I thought I got stuck there much longer than I did. I thought mm-hmm. I had a, I thought I had a good arm lock attempt too. Honestly, and I told, I told Delvin afterwards. I was like, man, that was about as tight as I've ever had an arm lock. Um, but he, you know, he was able to move his hand a little bit um, and, and wiggle out. And then I did see on the uh, Americana attempt that I didn't have his pinky anywhere near the right side, so it was just kind mm-hmm. of, it was kind of flexing in there. Um, but Again, I, I went in with a game plan basically of trying to um, not just focus on a submission 
immediately because I feel like in the past when I've done that, it's caused me to grab hold of something and never, ever, ever let go. And then I lose my hands and then I can't do anything. So I went in with the idea, I'm going to try to run up the score as high as I can, force the other person to open up and try some stuff because instead of holding on to like a two zero lead or something like I've done in the past, I made it extremely dramatic. Um, uh, if I can, you know, run up the score a little bit, so they have to do something that'll open up an opportunity for the submission attempt, which worked. Like that's how I got the arm. That's not something I normally go for. It just landed right in front of my face. So I tried it, you know, and then was able to stand back up and force him to try a takedown. And he just, you know, pulled guard again. So I was able to just not get swept essentially. Um, so, it, uh, you know, that was cool that the game plan worked and was able to get a takedown. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, agreed. And and so I watched your, you know, I was not there. I was in, in, um, in Denver at the time getting ready to come back, but, but I, I watched your matches. You posted them on Facebook. Did you post them in the BJJ campaign group? No, no, I can. I okay. just posted them on my, okay. my page. I, but but I just I just took down some notes and, and man I'll tell you just from the very start you were just much more comfortable on your feet like that was that was my biggest thing that that your biggest point of improvement is that that you weren't um, you weren't timid on your feet which you had been in the past mm-hmm. um, you know I think that that. Uh, that working in that half guard position, especially with that arm trap, you remember the Marcel Garcia arm trap to take the back in the half guard position. Cause when the one guy you had his arm trapped, mm-hmm. like you could have taken his back from that position, but didn't, didn't okay. go there. And you would have already had the arm trapped whenever you had the back. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that was, that was something that, that, you know, that, that you could work on. You know, the other thing was, man, I was dying. I was yelling at the screen whenever you were in that guy's guard, when he pulled guard and you did not posture up. He had my arm. He had your arm. He had the overhook on my arm. Oh, all right. Okay. I don't I mean, engage your hips and posture up. Okay. Right? I mean, that's... I don't know. Every time uh, someone's overhooked my arm and, like, had it extended away, I've stayed down and I wait for an opportunity to kind of limp arm out to reset. So you couldn't you couldn't get it, get in? Oh, okay. Well, I he, missed that because yeah, I guess... He, he wrapped over and did that oh, deal. Oh, he had the lapel? Yeah. I did not realize he yeah, had Yeah, he had a really good... He had a strong, so I was... That's that old school position. That, yeah. I have to, like wait for an opportunity to do yep. that right. um and then did he ever get close to because that usually try the cross choke from that they will try to either do a choke or or um the arm bar like sure. that arm bar is what i'm more worried about mm-hmm. in that position um and he tried to do the i think it's a rubber guard where they put the shin across the neck in the front oh, I saw that. Hook, yeah, but he and that was really... when i drove forward a little bit and i think that's pretty much when he never closed his guard back up yep and i was able to stand up yeah but yeah it was it was it was kind of tough to extend away and that might be the right thing to do, but my nat and again, my natural thing is usually wrong. But when, they, when he had my arm wrapped cause he got it really fast. Uh, I didn't, I didn't see that he had your arm wrapped and had the lapel. I, I, if he didn't have the lapel, he had a really good grip cause I couldn't pull my arm back. Okay. Um, it was, it was, it was gone and I just, 
I was trying to, um, how did he, how did he get that so quick? I mean, I, I don't, uh, he basically had it. What was funny is he might've had the other one, um, or he had it on the takedown, but when they reset us, he like kind of didn't re grab it right away, but then he made it, um, because I've been, he kind of grabbed it cause I've been working on the punch choke a little bit mm-hmm. when I am trying to stand up. Sure. Um, so I think that's when he grabbed it. Okay. And I'm not good at that punch choke thing, the, the mass of power or whatever to stand yep. up, mm-hmm. but I've, it's just been something I've been working on a little bit and trying to do because I'm a, you know, I'm a big guy. I like to bully my way out of it. Yeah, for sure. That's actually one of the other things I didn't, I didn't write it down, but whenever you were going for that punch choke. It set up that, that was the best I've ever done that. Bring yeah. the foot to the middle. That's never been that good. We just worked on that like last week. Yeah. But on that punch choke, you didn't, if you put that knee in closer to the hip. He can't swing around and yep. stuff. Yeah. Yep. That, that, I mean, that was it. I mean, but it was just all really small stuff because, man, it was it was a really good, really good performance. Um, you know, again, that that's really relatively even the, the. Well, the back take thing, I don't know which position. I, I understand what you're saying I had available, but I don't know when that would have been there. Yeah, um, well, it's yeah, whenever, whenever you were in the half guard and then he put his hand under your leg. Towards the end of the match? Yeah. Right? Okay. I think I kind of remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then in the second one, he went that I didn't even know if it was legal or not, but it was, but the bicep slicer that he went for, uh-huh. um, but I was able to kind of work out and then he, it was a really nice transition into that reverse triangle. Mm-hmm. But again, like, I don't know, luckily we worked on that last week That's and hilarious. I was noticing like the only way I could close it was pulling the arm in. Um, and making sure my leg was like super close to the armpit. Mm-hmm. So I was able to just kind of like, you know, make the space in the triangle on the bottom arm and then end up in reverse case. It never really looked threatened. I mean, it was okay for a second, but, was it okay? but I, you know, I didn't see it coming. <laughs> I, did not, I did not think that was what was going to happen next, but, uh, no, that was cool. Um, but anyway, yeah, just lucky. That's just what we were doing in class last week. Yeah, no, that's super cool. Really good job. Um, You know, solid game plan, man. I mean, I I don't know that I would change that one bit because like you said, the, the making them have to do something to put themselves at risk because you're up more than two points Mm -hmm. is it brought about those submission attempts and there were great submission attempts, you know, and I love it that you, I, I kind of harken back to what um, Ryan Leggett said, and that is the submission is a gift, right? Mm-hmm. Is that patience? Because obviously you don't have patience when it comes to the submissions. Zero. Right. And just enacting that game plan to kind of fool you into having patience. Right. I think is, I think it's super smart. Yeah. So kudos on that. And I noticed too, like as a personal thing that, the worst scripts I was making was standing up, which goes back to being the nervous thing, you know, like those are where I'm losing a lot of time. So, you know, and it's just forcing myself in class when there's space essentially to work with people on defense and, and stand up and just trying takedowns because like, you know, I'm not very good at any of them, but you know, if I never do it, it's You're not, not going to get any better. So, <laughs> got to figure it out eventually but that that was a big that was a big place where i was losing grips um so anyway uh no great job and great job to to delvin and travis and everybody uh, else did really good yeah i mean it's they did 
It's awesome to watch. Delwin's first tournament, which was yeah. awesome. He did his first match, and I was like, how are your hands? He's like, fine. I'm like, good. That's all I care about. Because like, when my hands are gone, it's, it feels really hard to do jiu-jitsu when you can't open or close your fist. <laughs> like, my fingers don't work anymore. That's hilarious. <laughs> no, but it was good. It was good. And and, um, and we worked on some stuff with him today at Sunday Rolls. That was, that was fun. Um, so kudos to you guys for that. That's a, a, a great, um, a great result Who cares about results, but the really more than anything, uh, effective use of a game plan and actually following it. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, that was really good. Um, next subject, Phil, did we tell the listeners that you were counting your rounds this month? No, I didn't really tell anybody that. It was just off a comment because of AJ's post. And I think she's smart. So when she said it was a good idea, I just kind of did it. Um, AJ Clearman, for those out there, Indiana, Brazilian. Oh, that's obvious. There's only one. So, uh, (laughs) um, yeah, I just started writing them down. And we don't do a lot of sparring classes that are strictly five minutes. So a lot of them will just be like a a 40-minute class. And I would kind of round about like I was in probably 30 minutes worth of rolling between the time I rotate out or whatever. Sure. Um, and just kind of averaged out what they were to be the round time. Um, mm-hmm. cause otherwise there's no point in me doing it. Um, she did recommend taking notes, which I did a little bit. Um, I didn't take notes every single time. Uh, cause, um, I'm just not that good, you know, but it's a step in the right direction of any time something st- stood out. I think we talked a little bit about how I was taking notes cause I wrote down like I had three or four nights where I was like, I suck. Uh, <laughs> that's, I mean, I don't know. It's that not that's... that bad. The ratio is pretty good. So, um, but you know, if something stood out or I wanted to remember to drill something or whatever, um, mm-hmm. I would make a note about that because I know I'm going to look at this every time I do jujitsu and I'm trying to like, you know, put that, put that in mind. So anyway, including the two competition rounds because they were both five minutes, I ended up February with 151. 151 rounds. So. In the shortest month of the year. Yeah. Worked out. Nice work. Um, What do you think the average is of people rounds per month? I don't know. For people, I have no idea. People who train. Because hmm. the one uh, um, one of AJ and James's students, they kept track. And they wanted, what, 100 rounds? Yeah, I think they the wanted month? like 100. And then they realized really early on, like, I'm going to get it. And then they made it 150, I think, is yeah. the thing. Um, and yeah. So, I mean, I took a couple of days off uh, towards the end for um, a, tri- a trip that we did to Asheville. And I took mm-hmm. a couple of days off right before the competition. But then I don't really think that changed too much because I made that up with like a morning class or two, you know? So, yeah, I think it averaged out to be a pretty normal month. Well, you were doing two a days, a little bit there for a little bit. So, yeah, yeah. no, that's good. I mean, I mean, I think that's interesting. I think it's, uh, yeah, it's I, I mean, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep doing it cause it is, uh, not hard to do and mm-hmm. she, you know, she has a benefit of taking notes. So I'm sure just through the process of doing it, I'll start to know what I need to write down and I'll adjust it accordingly. Um, I don't take as many notes after classes anymore, unless it's something completely new or something where I made a big, like I've been doing this wrong this entire time sort mm-hmm. of deal. Sure. Um, but I think these like little notes after class and stuff is gonna, 
we'll see where it goes. Yeah, that and I think it's a great idea. And also, if the listeners are out there and they're they're like taking notes, and notebook, whatever. Yeah, you can do it night pencil paper, whatever. But I also, write I write down like technique stuff, pencil paper, because I think it helps me remember more. I I think yeah, totally agree. And I used to do that and then transcribe it into my BJJ notes. And they've got they've actually got a um, section for rounds, um, so where where you can. Mm-hmm record your rounds rolled with notes or anything yeah. that you want in there too. So I think that's pretty cool if you, you know, want to utilize technology like that to be able to utilize that, that technology to, to help you get better at jujitsu. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm curious to see what it goes or what the average is. I, I don't think that's too far off my normal. Um, I don't know if I hit 150 every month, but I would, I would, I would assume I'm probably over a hundred most months would be a safe, I would think so. A safe bet. Yeah, no, I, I don't think that's, yeah, I don't think that's, because if you just look at it, Sunday rolls, we usually get at least 10 rounds in each Sunday. So that's yeah. 40 right there. Yeah. You know? Um, But yeah, no, nice work on that. I'm glad you did that. I'm uh, probably not going to do that, but mm-hmm. um, generally I'm there when you're there anyway, but except on the two days, but, uh, but yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's effective. I think it's, uh, well, your notes will be different because in the, the sparring rounds, you usually don't rotate out all that much. So <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, so I was being out in Colorado and, you know, we didn't take an avalanche safety class, but like I usually do my research, I do that on, uh, podcasts. Mm-hmm. So I, started listening to this avalanche podcast uh when i was out there and uh called slide and he he brought up a a really cool point in that in in looking at snow whenever it's about to come down or to to have a to run a safe sort of operation where they do backcountry stuff. They have to know a lot about the snow and, and they were just talking about patience, right? And it was also talking about there's just no such thing as instant gratification. You have to study, you have to um you have to look at all the signs, you have to look at the 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 weather and everything like that. And I just I thought that was a pretty um salient point to jujitsu. You know, there's a parallel in jujitsu and that is that you can't cheat the process. Right. I mean, there isn't, I, I, I'll take the, I was going to say there's never an instant where I felt like I did something the first time. Right. You know what I mean? Even any technique. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's probably the truth. But I remember the first time that you did a hip bump sweep and you did it right. Like the first time and I was like, Whoa, I was really good. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, we were both white belts and, and I was like, I was like, that's your sweep, but that's a really small piece of instant gratification. It, it, it takes, you know, we were talking with Will today about training and, and things like that. And I, I so value his opinion and his thoughts on, on training. Cause I think it, it really helps um, to see that and, and to see that, you know, there, there are, you know, they always say, show up and train and you get better jujitsu, right? Just show up, you'll get better, mm-hmm. right? There's one step left out of that equation that I'm going to fill everyone in on right here, right now. And that is, 
Yeah, if you show up, the second step is you get obsessed. And then you get better. So that obsession is fueled by, you know, the information that you take in, um, the additional training that you seek, maybe going to camp here or there to try to, you know, make yourself better, be exposed to more people that are doing jujitsu. Um, but I just, I, I thought I really wanted to bring that up and, and I really wanted to, to, to say that the road's long, but man, how, how fun is it to be able to discover new things like almost on a monthly basis that a we're terrible at and B we can actually work on and get better at. Yeah. Um, I want to go in like four directions off of everything you just said. Cause we talked about this a little while ago briefly and I've already changed my mind happens all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't even think you have to be obsessed. I think you will get better just by like, if you show, I, I think if somebody showed up once a week after long enough, they will get better. Like, okay. You know what I mean? Um, I think most people should and will come more, you know, if they're, if they're into it, especially if they're into it, but if they value, you know, the self-defense aspect of it and they want to try to figure some stuff out, I do think they will get better. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm blanking cause I, cause I kind of focused in on the last thing you said, um, in regards to like sucking at stuff for a month because of the BJJ Brick podcast I listened to yesterday about takedowns when they focus on something for a month and it's like we have the joke of the move of the month of the week. <laughs> it's like you kind of get yeah. obsessed with something new every single week. Right. Um, but, oh, the instant grat- gratification or whatever. So like there's levels to that because uh, like you said, I did the hip, the hip home sweep right, you know, but then there's the defense to it or whatever. And then there's somebody knowing you're going to do it. And that's like a little bit about what I was talking about today. He's like, I know what everybody's going to do, you know, but that's just experience. Um, but like I heard Ryan say one time when they asked, like, did you do it right? And he was like, did it work? <laughs> if it works, you did it right. You know, like, and again, going back to what we were talking about with Will and I'm saying like, you know, I appreciate training with you because you, you helped me fix things because it might work against somebody inexperienced but if it doesn't work against somebody who's a much higher level then it doesn't really work right you know but the test is does it work so there is the instant gratification of you're learning something and you're getting a little bit better um sure but there is the long road of it's not going to work at a high level for a long time yeah um so anyway i'm kind of drifting because you you kind of covered a lot of stuff right there it seems but you know that that long road is is true and then you can go super deep into stuff. And it's like, like I watched the entire Gordon Ryan passing system, which is like a 10 hour DVD. That's not, I don't really remember anything from it, but it's like, mm-hmm. you know, even if I tried, I couldn't tackle that whole thing probably within a year. You know, if I really dedicated a year to it, I probably wouldn't figure out most of it, mm-hmm. but you know, it's not like it's going to go away and you can kind of keep going back and rewatching and, and picking up different things when you're ready to hear that thing. Um, I don't know, but I think I see what you're saying with the instant gratification because you're not going to be good for a long time, mm-hmm. but the good can be relative. And I think there is some, you know? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, because listen, you're always going to be better than that person who just walked in the door. Right. I mean, yeah. that, that, that's just the facts, but I loved it today too. Whenever he, he will said that he, he said, you know, 
it kind of enlightened me. A, a light switch went off in my head when he said, you know, I, I know because I see whenever he's getting my back, he's forcing me in a direction and I'm like, that's the only option I have. Mm-hmm. And he knows that. Yeah. Right. You know, I don't know that. I mean, in some, in some positions, I know, I know that, but you know, it's, it's just, that's, that's a cool thing to say. All right. Now that we've, because look at it, it, the fundamentals list. I mean, we've done them how many times now that all the fundamentals classes, at least 20 times each, you know, we we're familiar with the fundamentals. It's always going to be very important to do that. But now to be able to focus on a funnel, right? You, you, you funnel, you have a happy path, a funnel of, all right, if they get in this position, then I can, I can, um, let's say for the back take, if they roll up on their side, I can put my chest against their, their shoulder, therefore not allowing them to go back to the back. So the only way they have is turtle. So if I go ahead and grab the opposite lapel, I can be ready for that clock choke right whenever they turtle. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like to figure out those things, um, and, and, and different things that will help kind of go to that next level of what jujitsu is for us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I always think that's funny too, because that goes back to, uh, a little bit goes back to when I would, I was trying to do like open guard stuff and figure something out, um, because I couldn't get on top. And then like my basic open guard sucked. And I was talking to legs about it. He's like, why are you doing that right now? You know? And I was like, well, cause people keep, you know, passing my guard and, and whatever. And I, well, I can't remember exactly what I said, but something along the lines of like, they just stand up and they pass or whatever. And like, he was very nicely being like, you know, your open guard sucks. Fix the first part, you know, stop going 10 steps down the road, you know, just focus on that. So it's, you get the reaction off the fundamental list and that's kind of what they do something because you did it wrong. Right. You know, and they react yeah. or defend or whatever. And then you go down the, the rabbit hole further where it's like, you know, just don't just do it right the first time. Yeah. You don't have to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> You're really good about that too. Doing it right the first time. No, no, nah, I nailed the rabbit it. hole. <laughs> yeah, no, I go deep, you know, and it's like, and then, you know, you retrace it 43 steps to like all the way back here. I messed up. How do we fix that? <laughs> When sort of like it. the old, uh, how do I get out of side control? Don't get there in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Again, if like, but with instant gratification, I mean, the only thing I think people might do is like chase a belt or something, but it's like, if, if belts are your goal, this is a terrible hobby. Like you need to, terrible find, something. Hobby. You need to find something else. Yeah, man. Cause again, I saw the, um, Ronnie, I don't know if it's West or East or how you say it. East, I think. Uh, from Delaware. Like, you made a post a while back, like, would you do jiu-jitsu if there was no belts? Sure. You know? It's like, Well, I mean, because then you'd have to have the zipper gi, right? Well, you had no I'm belt? All, now I'm all about it. <laughs> I forgot about that. But it's like, who cares? I mean, because, like, you train and you know what happens. Mm-hmm. You know? You know if you're... I don't want to say progressing, because I feel like it is hard to see if you're progressing, but you... you have a general idea of where you stand with most people, mm-hmm. especially if you train with them all the time, you know, you know, it's what, so why do mm-hmm. you need to, what difference does it make what you're wearing? 
I kind of want to go down this rabbit hole. I, I didn't think this was going to be a topic today, but I, I kind of want to go down this rabbit hole because I think, um, and, and Danaher says it best. Uh, I think he said, you know, why would you worry about belts? Because if you're in this lifelong commitment to jujitsu, you're going to spend most of your time at one belt level and that's black belt. Mm-hmm. And, um, so him and a lot of, obviously a lot of his students, Gary Tonin, and he's like, I hate belts. I would get rid of them if, if I could, I don't right. you know. It, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And, you know, and then people bitch about their purple belts aren't purple belts, you know, whatever it's Nikki Ryan. He can't be more than a purple belt because of the time that they say, yeah, you know, and that may be part of the problem too. Right. Um, but I just, boy, I don't, I don't even know. How would you like, I get that the progress is the progress and I get that there's probably no one system that, um, that best encompasses it. And, and I also think that, um, that in jujitsu, there's, everywhere there's a very high standard for belt promotions you know maybe i think more so whenever you get up above blue belt uh, i think there's a little bit more ambiguity when it goes from white to blue just from what i've seen um but but once you get above blue belt they're really i mean you, you really have a a good working knowledge or or working knowledge of the fundamentals if you're a purple belt right yeah i mean like I don't know. Like, uh, I don't think there's a, a great answer for that. But that's just my opinion on belts. Like, for, I understand for kids, definitely. Like, they have more belts in general for kids because it's, like, they need that type of motivation or whatever. But do um, they? I would say so. I would say most do. Okay. I would say that appeals to them and that can be a much bigger motivating factor. Okay. Like, I would train naked. Like, I don't care, you know? Like yeah. that's what I had to do. That's weird, Phil. Yeah, it's out there now. I am not going to be your training partner. <laughs> but, but again, uh, you know, if there were none, I would still do it. Um, yeah, same here. You know, and I know. but not. I also think that like not everybody's like us, where you know that's the only hobby we have, basically. Mm. It's yeah. the only thing I want to do, um, as much as physically possible. You know, and people have other things to do. So it's like they're going to have a different, even if they do it lifelong as well, like it's not going to be the same only thing in their life. I think there's just small mm-hmm. percentage of people that that it's going to take over their entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, agreed. For a while at least. You know? Agreed. And, you know, we were lucky enough at the Origin Immersion Camp to be there when Echo Charles got his... Um, his uh black belt mm-hmm. and uh it, for those of you out there that don't know echo charles is jocko willink's you know sidekick and everything in the jocko podcast and if you don't know jocko willink then i don't even know what to say it's weird <laughs> um but but whenever he got his black belt he, he was really choked up uh, understandably so i mean mm-hmm. I, I was choked up when yeah, I, it was that i wasn't expecting that at all i know yeah me then jocko yeah. of course did the you speech. know giving it gave yeah. him the speech and yeah. giving him the black belt i mean you know yeah. come on what are you gonna you can't really top that yeah um, that's cool but but it was funny the message that echo charles said while he was wiping the tears from his face was Every time I stopped worrying about a belt, I got a belt, mm-hmm. you know, 
And he was like, and I had my brown belt for a number of years. And I just stopped worrying about the belt. And look, I got a belt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm glad we kind of went down this road. But I think we'll probably talk about it again. And maybe I don't know that my views are really going to change that much on it, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's a natural thing to go to with the gratification. Because that's, I mean, I don't think that many people really want to compete. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure. a naturally competitive person. I played sports my whole life. That was a giant hole I was missing for a long time. I didn't realize it was missing and now it's my opportunity to fix it. So, mm-hmm. you know, the competition kind of guides my personal training, but if there are no competitions, I would still train. Sure. You know? Like if there were no belts, there were no like this is the thing I want to do. Like if I had to do it outside in the grass and that was my only choice, I would probably be doing that, mm-hmm. you know, like, so, so anyway, yeah, the, I mean, if I, with the gratification, if I lost the competition, it's not like I'm never going to compete again. I fully expect to lose a bunch more times. And that's kind of where I've made the biggest leaps in learning. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you kind of have to, I guess, be ready to, to lose, to, to pick that up. But that's how, you know, it's the only way, like going all the way back to the takedown thing. It's like, if I didn't try to do it, it would just be this thing that I keep ignoring, like my head being down until I get loop choked, like until I pay for it on video in front of my friends, I will just ignore this problem. You know? Where we could all make fun of you in the comments section. Right. I know it's a problem, but I just keep ignoring it. I'm doing these other things right now, you know? So I don't know. It's not like I fixed that problem, but at least it's been a glaring issue for me lately that I'm trying you do your best through shame with rhino comments every 10 minutes i mean you can't do much more it's up to me to figure it out but yeah with the gratification i don't to me belts is like the the one thing that kind of that kind of comes up because like that it's it's that progress marker like you see the same thing with comment sections i think they changed the 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 chewy group or whatever and they made a poll about like what do you want to do with stripe promotions and it's like who cares man it's you don't get that many let people enjoy it. Yeah, I agree. Like, I mean, I just, I don't say congratulations to everybody every time because I don't really care, to be honest. Yeah. But like, if, if that's the thing that matters to somebody, let them have it. Like, they, yeah. they're not going to get them that often. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I mean, whatever way that they want to do that's it. The, that's like your little, um, that's the, the, the way people will see progress. Sure. If they're not. Like I see it through competition personally. Like that's just the way I view it. Um, yeah. Is I'm seeing what happens in that like live situation for me. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's gonna have that. So I totally understand wanting to see progress. Yeah, I I agree. I I totally agree with you on that stance. And then to go back to your other thing with the the going down like a rabbit hole with the takedown thing for a month. I kind of think we do that on our own anyway. You know. Um, with different things like we were doing with the guard passing and stuff. Like I like his idea. Um, I didn't listen to the one where they kind of came up with their rules or whatever you want to call it for how they're going to approach each month. Uh Um, but I I liked how they were discussing takedowns and I have like my own thoughts on them where it's just like, you know, it's probably where you're going to get hurt. Like that's why I didn't love judo class for a long time. Cause it's like, I feel like if I'm going to get hurt, this is where it's going to happen. Um, and And we kind of do that on our own. So like, I know we talk about watching videos a lot, but like, I also go to like a lot of classes during the week and I do drill the, 
the move at hand. I'm not just hitting YouTube moves during class. So I do do this stuff during class. So this is like homework for me that I assign myself due to my terrible competition performance. I'm like, that's what I need to work on. I'm going to just try a bunch of stuff and see what sticks. Yeah. Because when I train live, I'm only going to do certain things anyway. Top tip for everyone out there. Um, always do the move. In Don't the do the YouTube class. stuff. Don't class. do the YouTube stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, well said. And uh, Philly, tell the folks out there, if they choose, how they can support us. We're ending it just as the coffee kicks in. I feel yeah. like I got fired up for the last you 10 minutes there. You did get fired up. Uh, <laughs> BJJCampaignPodcast.com. There's rash guards, sweatshirts, t-shirts, patches, an afternoon with Jeff. The Instagram, <laughs> BJJ Campaign Podcast, uh, Facebook group. Uh, I'll try to share the matches, but I feel like everybody saw it because I'm friends with most people. Yeah, that's true. I don't want to spam people with my... Yeah. Um, no, you should post them on there. All you right. should. Uh, just share it. Can you... Yeah, you can share it. Okay. And um, role model camp. Mm -hmm. That's uh, James A.J. Klingerman, the women's only camp May 1st through May 3rd. A uh, bunch of great instructions there. Uh, use the BJJ campaign uh, code at checkout and you'll get 10% off that. Let's record next week's right now. I'm oh, just kidding. Okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with that, folks, if you're not out there doing something to make yourself better, each and every day. Get out there and do it. Phil and I choose jujitsu. We hope you do too. I'm about to feed them to the sharks right now. Get them hyped right now. Yeah. You know the ground is up. Yeah. Everybody that trains, you know the game. Yeah. So let's get it. Uh. Slap it up, bump it and roll. Hey. Yeah, that's the way that it go. Ain't no better way to better yourself in this game. You're feeling the growth. That's time on the mat. We put in the work. Believe it ain't easy, I know. But we train for the love of the game, the love of the art. Now slap it up, bump it, let's roll. Let's roll.